Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to a very exciting episode. I've been wanting to record this episode for a couple of months, actually, but I was just kind of waiting for the right time and waiting to kind of gather my thoughts. And what I've decided is that this is going to be a multi-part series. I don't know exactly how many parts there will be. I know there will be at least two, maybe three, and then maybe more if we need it. But I kind of want to dive right in and talk a little bit about what you can expect from this series and who this is for and kind of just provide some introductory content so that there's a clear kind of foundation that we can work with to move forward with this series. So who is this for? This series is for you if the experience and relationship you're having with money isn't where you want it to be, plain and simple. And from the Q&A that I did on Instagram, which I'll be talking about more throughout the episode, from that Q&A that is a large majority of us, I asked what the predominant emotion you feel with respect to money is, and the results were heavily, heavily, heavily skewed in favor of anxiety and stress. So I would say that this is for you if you feel that the predominant emotion you feel when it comes to money is anxiety and stress and you would like to shift that. So the objective and the way that we'll do this is that we want to create some flexibility in the beliefs, ideas, and attitudes you have towards money so that you can begin to essentially withdraw some of the energy you're using to uphold your current money relationship and current money narratives and experience that you're having and then redirect that energy towards the direction of your choice. Shifting my own relationship with money in the way that we will discuss in this series has brought me from a money experience that was characterized by anxiety, desperation, fear, and grasping to one characterized by safety, comfort, and trust. And like I said, that's not 100% of the time, but the predominant emotion and predominant feeling I have towards money is very safe and comfortable. I don't take it as seriously as I used to. I have a much more lighthearted relationship with money and I've begun to see it as a vehicle for my pleasure, enjoyment, and freedom. Before we get into it, I want to share some definitions for some of the terms that I'll be using frequently throughout this series. The first is money experience, meaning your reality in relation to money that reflects both your internal reality, so your beliefs, narratives, attitudes, thoughts, patterns, habits, decisions, as well as your external reality, so how you're interacting with and experiencing money in the external world. 
I'll also be using the term money relationship. What this refers to is the interconnectedness and exchange between you and money, so the exchange of energy and attention and awareness. And I've talked before here about how I view basically everything outside of myself that I'm interacting with as a relationship. And when we're in a relationship with something, we essentially enter into agreement with it and the conditions for the exchange that's happening. So as a kind of introduction to this series, a simple question you can start with if you resonate with the idea of having a relationship with money is if money were a person, what would that relationship look like? Is it a relationship I would want to be in? And then the other term that I will use frequently is your money narrative. So in other words, the stories you tell yourself and others about money. This series will aim to answer the following questions with respect to your money experience relationship and narratives. Where am I? How did I get here? And where do I want to go? What this series won't do is tell you that your experience relationship and narrative surrounding money is your fault. This series won't try to convince you that there aren't systemic factors that influence and contribute to your money relationship and money experience. So in other words, it acknowledges that that is a reality. This series won't tell you the right way to get to where you want to go. So although we'll begin to form an image or a vision for where you want to go and identify a new path forward, it's not going to tell you how to get there because that really is a very personal journey. And any personal reflections and anecdotes shared are through basically the lens of my own experience, which is very unique. And it's okay if yours is different. You may resonate with certain aspects and not resonate with others. And I really don't want to give off the idea that I know any better than you or that I have all the answers for you or even for myself. This series is designed to help carve a path for yourself to have a new experience with money, hence the name Choose Your Adventure. Now, whether or not you actually choose to go down that path that you set for yourself is ultimately up to you, but what we're aiming to recognize here in this series is the element of choice when it comes to our relationship, our experience, and our narrative surrounding money. So for this first episode in addition to introducing the series. This episode is meant to provide you with an opportunity to begin to answer the question or even reflect upon the question of where am I and how did I get here? And we'll talk a little bit more about what I mean by that in a moment. But the last thing I want to touch on before getting into the episode is how I would invite you to approach this series. And the first way is to approach this series as well as really anything that you choose to, you know, experiment with from this podcast is, like I said, as an experiment. That's what all of this has always been about for me, about being willing to see and experience something in my reality and then question which other ways that thing could present itself. Being able to say, okay, here's this thing that I've been experiencing my whole life and I have lots of evidence to prove that it's real and tangible in my reality, but what if it didn't have to be this way for me? What if it could be different? Or if you're feeling expansive, what if it could even be better? Now, I find that when we talk about the topic of money, myself included, it tends to be quite a charged subject, and I find that people get kind of skittish or worried about 
what it would mean to try on different beliefs or adopt new ideas or narratives about money. We seem to be very protective of the narrative that we've had thus far, not just with respect to money. It seems to be like a general thing that we kind of want to maintain the same narrative or the same experience, even if we don't love it. It's almost as though swapping it out or experimenting with something new would be a threat to our safety. And in the case of money, I can understand that because we're dealing with a very integral aspect of our reality and there's no denying that. But I'll say that this experiment that we're going to be kind of going down in this series doesn't necessarily require you to actually change anything in your external reality as it relates to money if you don't feel safe doing so. What we're discussing here all comes back to our internal world and basically everything that we discuss in the podcast comes back to the internal world and we all know, I can imagine, that things as simple as thoughts can make our internal world a nightmare. So at the very least here in this series, we're just trying to make that internal space a little bit more harmonious and we're doing so by identifying that we can let go of, if we choose to, the ideas, beliefs, and narratives surrounding money that we no longer align with and aren't or weren't even ours to begin with. And like I said, it seems like the majority of the listenership, at least based on the Instagram poll that I did, is experiencing a lot of anxiety when it comes to money. So it's worth shifting that so that we can experience less anxiety because we deserve to have a more pleasant experience. And like I said, it's also about recognizing when there are aspects of our reality that we've been living by that we don't fundamentally align with. So narratives perhaps that came from some combination of our education, our society, our religion, caretakers, culture, etc. All of which brought us to where we currently stand in relation to money. So that's the first thing is I invite you to approach this conversation in an experimental way. The second kind of way I would invite you to approach this is with lightheartedness and an open mind. At no point in this series will I ever try to push my own narrative onto you into in relation to money. As I said before, I will share personal anecdotes and experiences to provide context to some of the reflections I'm sharing, but know that this is all through my own personal lens. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I am simply inviting you along on a journey that has substantially improved my life with the understanding that your journey will look different. The fact that money often tends to be this serious, charged, polarizing subject makes it quite hard to have open conversations about it, which can then make it even more difficult to bring our own relationship and narratives and experience into focus. So here in the series, we're going to aim to create a safe space to explore and reflect and possibly shift your money narratives, relationship, and experience. As I mentioned in this episode, we want to answer the question of where am I and how did I get here? So let's begin to get a sense of where you stand in relation to money, which is what we'll call your current location. The objective of defining your current location is so that we can understand how you got there and start to build a path to bring you to where you actually want to go. This is about giving yourself agency in your reality by building your own path rather than staying on the path that was laid out for you. 
And again, a possible outcome of this exercise is that you realize you're okay with your current location. In other words, you're okay with your money, experience, relationship, and narratives. And essentially, it's not uncomfortable enough for you to want to or have the motivation to move away from that current location. But my guess is if you're listening to this episode and you're still listening, then that's not the case and you may have some desire to move away from where you are right now. Now, I wanted to share that this is the objective because quite often we get stuck in the where am I, how did I get here phase and we forget that the reason we wanted to know in the first place was so that we could move forward. I think of this with respect to the idea of a healing journey and I've talked about the healing journey and that whole identity and how I kind of have let go of using that kind of language, at least right now, because I went into it with the objective of being able to move forward from some of the triggers that were keeping me stuck and some of the things that I was struggling with, but instead I ended up getting consumed by the identity of someone who is healing rather than actually just finding what I needed, healing myself and moving forward with my life. So the idea is the same here. You're finding your current location so that you can move forward from there if you want to, not so that you can shame yourself and ruminate on the relationship you have with money and essentially stay put in the same place. Now, what this really requires in my opinion is recognizing that where you are is a result of where you've been and what you've experienced and again, not necessarily by choice, but it doesn't mean that that is all that's available to you. That is the beauty of being autonomous. That is the beauty of reality creation is that you're not completely limited by where you've been and what you've experienced. And in my opinion, to move forward, you need to be aware of the fact that alternatives to what you've experienced so far exist. And not just for other people, they exist for you. If you're not aware or even deny the existence of alternatives, you're not going to seek them out and you're not going to move towards a new reality for yourself. And that's why open-mindedness and the willingness to evolve and be wrong is so important. And I also feel just based on the conversations I have with you all, with the listeners, with people on my Patreon, with people in my community, I think that that is a strength of this space. I think that People here tend to be very open-minded and willing to evolve and willing to be wrong and being willing to essentially create something new regardless of what we've experienced in the past. Now, what do I mean by the existence of alternatives? In this case, really what we're talking about is the existence of opportunities for you to have a different money relationship narrative and experience than the one or ones that you've acknowledged you want to move away from. So you're acknowledging that there are alternatives to the experience you've had so far. Now you can become aware of alternatives either by accident like I did or by consciously seeking them out but the degree to which you'll actually pay attention to and acknowledge them as valid depends on how open you are to the idea that the experience you've had isn't the only experience that exists or is possible for you. Now let me explain what I mean. I grew up having a certain relationship and experience with money and also by extension the whole world of work and career. 
This experience and relationship, I believe, was formed by a combination of factors, some of which include my parents making money in a certain way, people in my immediate community making money in a certain way, people in movies and TV that I was consuming making money in a certain way, the way people talked about money, the things people around me spent money on, events happening in the world that involved money, the way the culture I was raised in viewed money, my education, my family's financial standing growing up, the religion I was brought up in, etc. And I talk about this in the episode where I compare reality to a video game, but I essentially view my childhood, or in other words, the period through which my relationship with money was formed and crystallized, as a sort of tutorial period where I'm learning about how the world of money works. And then if I don't actually question that tutorial period and start to reflect on it, I'm just kind of playing out that game over and over again and assuming that that's the way things are. And because I would argue that the output of my early life experience was a very traditional standard relationship and outlook on money, it wasn't hard for me to continue to have my outlook reflected back to me in my reality because it was more or less the norm. Things like Money is hard to come by, it needs to be saved and even hoarded if possible, but not spent. Hard work is required to receive money. The way through which you earn money is not meant to be enjoyed. Wanting too much money is greedy and gluttonous. It's hard slash near impossible to make money as a creative, etc, etc. So I'm going through life with the assumption that this outlook on money is the truth, and therefore... The same way I'll experience money for my whole life and I'm sort of in an echo chamber that is reinforcing this idea. It doesn't matter if I don't like it or if I feel resistance to it, this is just the way that it is. So then what happens when I come into contact with something or someone that completely contradicts or defies this narrative and this worldview surrounding money that I formed? Something that could be viewed as a subtle opportunity to start to question the narrative I've held and see if perhaps there is another experience available to me. I see these opportunities as sort of an interruption in your reality and from my standpoint, it's almost like it's the universe asking you if you still want to keep your current worldview or if you want to explore this new alternative a little further, if you want to play a different game, if you want to try something different. So again, the universe presenting you with an opportunity to choose your own adventure. This is where I want to go back to what I said earlier, which is that I believe the degree to which you'll actually pay attention to and acknowledge these alternatives that are being presented to you as valid depends on how open you are to the idea that the experience you've had isn't the only experience that exists or is possible for you. So when I was determined to uphold my current reality and essentially stay put, in my current location, if I was presented with an alternative way of looking at things, this would sound like writing off anything that contradicted my own personal narrative and attitude towards money as an outlier or an exception to the rule and kind of irrelevant, which again made it easier for me to go back to the way I was living and not have to put any further critical thought into it. In my case though, and this is true for not just money but a lot of different areas of my life, I think some big part of me really wanted to thrust me out of my experience and out of my worldview and my narrative because as it happens, I began to see 
more and more examples of these outliers that I really couldn't ignore to the point where I started to question if they even were outliers to begin with or if I just hadn't been paying attention. And I would say that the most prominent example and probably like the catalyst to where I started to realize that I really needed to shift the way I looked at and related to money was when I met my partner, Jamie. And he was kind of the first person I would say that I came into close contact with who had almost a 100% different outlook and experience with respect to money. And not by him actually explicitly saying or doing anything, but just by being in his proximity and witnessing sort of a new alternative, my belief that the way I had experienced money so far my belief that that was like the ultimate truth just naturally started to dissolve. So what I want to convey here is that we need to first acknowledge the existence of alternatives or different paths or new adventures, and we need to be willing to be wrong or for our outlook and narrative to evolve. And I shouldn't say wrong because it was right at the time, but it doesn't mean that There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. That is the way that it has to be indefinitely. The examples are out there, the evidence is out there. It's just a matter of how you weave yourself into that narrative. And like I said, we may stumble upon it accidentally or we may begin to consciously seek out examples of people who can help us to shift our relationship with money. In my case, what I was looking for and what I've been able to find numerous examples of which have helped me to solidify a new path is people who were incredibly well-resourced doing something that they actually enjoyed, that wasn't draining them of their life force, 
that had a great amount of freedom, flexibility, and ease in their life. And I'll also say that it was important for me to find people that I could really, really, really strongly relate to because that helped me to give myself less of a reason to identify with the idea that, oh, well, whatever, it happened for them, but it couldn't happen for me. So finding people who I could relate to who hadn't grown up wealthy or who didn't have an incredible talent or specific skill. So we'll discuss this idea a bit further once we get to the part where we define how or where we want to go, I should say, in the adventure that we want to choose. But for now, it's about dismantling the idea that you're stuck in the experience with money you've had so far. Even if you're the only one in your reality right now that believes that for yourself, you may and probably will continue to hear and be met with the old money narratives, beliefs, and ideas that are that you're working to outgrow. But at the very least, you need to stay in your own corner because you're going to be the catalyst for making the shift for yourself. And I am not suggesting it's easy. It's It can be tricky when you know, you're having conversations with this new outlook with your family, with your friends, with your colleagues, and they're like confused or not on the same page or whatever it may be. Luckily, it's not your job to convince anyone, so you can save yourself that energy. Okay, so I wanted to preface the question of where am I with the acknowledgement of the existence of alternatives. But now let's dig into your own money experience and relationship and how that came to be. Now, this next little section is going to be sort of a reflective exercise, so you can either pause and write down your answers or just listen through and reflect and maybe spend some time thinking about these questions after the episode. I'll also share some of my own reflections as well as your input from the Instagram polls I posted just to provide a little bit more context. Okay, so again, the spirit of these questions is to begin to get a sense of where you stand, where you are, what your current location is with respect to money. So we'll start with What does money mean or represent to me? What do people with a lot of money represent to me? What is required of me to earn or have money? Even if you don't have long answers to these questions, just words or themes that come to mind is a really good place to start. So I'll share some of mine and some of the big themes that come up when I ask myself these questions. So the first is shame. Despite it being one of the most integral aspects of our current reality it tends to be like a dirty shameful topic and i think it's kind of similar to sex in that way it's something that we shouldn't really talk about we shouldn't really ask others about it and generally it's something that should be kept very private another word that comes to mind is greed people who want or have a lot of money are greedy and gluttonous also words like selfish or self-indulgent come to mind I generally had this narrative growing up that, you know, you should be grateful for what you have and not ever want or expect anything more. The word difficult came up a lot for me. It's hard to make money. You have to save every penny that you have. You have to give away all your time and energy to get money in return. Work isn't meant to be enjoyed. And so like kind of the image that I'm painting here is like difficulty, tired, struggle, hard work. So on my Instagram stories, a lot of you echoed kind of similar things. So I'm just going to read out some of your answers to the question of 
like what were some of the narratives that you grew up on with respect to money so someone said being told money is the root of all evil someone else said my family never talked about money growing up and i think that makes me feel less comfortable talking about it now that it's tied to self-worth and that it's distasteful to talk about another one says pressure to overwork to make a lot of money putting health and pleasure on the back burner very similar to something I said was you can't get by without working a job you hate slash you can only make money doing shitty work there will never be enough money certain things are too frivolous slash a waste of money I'll put them off until I have more another person said it's very hard to get when you're young and starting off Someone said, if you are making a lot of money, you have to sacrifice other things. You can't have a job you love that pays well. It's one or the other. Asking myself, should I really be spending this for literally everything? Someone else said, I will always have a hard time getting to a comfortable place in my life money-wise. Good versus bad career paths was told not to go after my passion because there was, quote, no money in it. Okay, so there's a lot there, right? And what I want to start off by saying is that all the above statements are true. For someone, for many people at various points in their lives, they are true. So we're not trying to argue that. But we're trying to expand into the remembering that there are other truths that exist. And that truth can evolve. Even if the money narratives I just read are what you're resonating most with right now, could it be possible that that isn't the way it has to be for you forever? Is there a little bit of flexibility there? Are you willing to be shown a different truth? My stance has always been at the end of the day, regardless of the degree of truth behind any one of those statements, they don't feel good to me. It doesn't feel hopeful or expansive or enjoyable to carry around these stories. It isn't a reality or a game that I want to play. And my stance again has always been, what if I just tried on something different? I'm not denying all of those things about money and I have zero resistance to them. And I'm also not arguing with anyone who has that stance. I'm just opening a new door and seeing what's inside. Okay, so now let's consider the question, do my money narratives feel like my own? If not, where did they come from? And to probe this a little further, if you need a little bit more prompting, you can ask what your caretaker's outlook on money was growing up how did they talk about it what was it like at school what was it like with other parents in your community what was it like in movies like what was it like in your culture and religion and just kind of go through all of the areas that you were deeply embedded in in early life to try to understand how these narratives came to be especially when they don't feel like your own now this is important to mention that this is never about blaming anyone it's about contextualizing the view you may have when it comes to money and recognizing that it makes sense that you have that position on money so giving yourself that validation but also empowering yourself to take a step back and decide if that's what you're going to keep what i'll call ordering if you will off of life's menu this is think of this episode as like the universe somehow prompting you 
to decide if this is how you want to move forward. So I'll share a bit of context for me and where I feel my narratives predominantly came from. Again, not blaming anything or anyone and also not implying that this was intentional. So when it comes to the shame slash greed narrative, honestly, I have to say the first thing that comes to mind for me is my Catholic upbringing. So I mentioned before on the podcast, I went to Catholic school my whole childhood and adolescence, and I was also raised going to church every week. Now, the image that seemed to have been crystallized in my mind during this time of what it meant to be a good person is generally being someone who doesn't ask for a lot, doesn't need a lot, gives everything away. You know, this idea that to be the salt of the earth, you have to be constantly in service of others. And even if you weren't raised within the Catholic system, in my case, the predominant religion in the culture I was raised in, which is in Canada, is still Christianity. So you're kind of also getting that messaging perhaps on a societal level. And again, I'm not blaming or hating on Catholicism or saying that this was intentional. I'm simply saying that that was my takeaway. Then in my case, you have similar narratives to the ones we just shared about work being difficult, needing to go to university to make anything of yourself, fear-based narratives about creative pursuits. You have those types of narratives coming from all angles, whether that's caretakers, teachers, the media, etc. So again, using my personal experience, it makes sense that I got to where I was with money. It makes sense that I had that outlook. And I just want to touch on this intersection with money, career, and self-worth for a minute because I think it's important. I follow this person called Jessa Reed, and she talks about something that she calls worker bee virtues, which I think articulates this feeling that many of us have so well. If you think about it, if you grew up going to like traditional school, from the moment we enter school, we are essentially being prepared to be an employee. We're being taught to value and prioritize the things that make us a better employee. Organization, punctuality, consistency, intellect, efficiency, etc. And if we kind of don't fit into that standard, we're made to feel like we're less of a good person or that something is defective or that there's something wrong with us or that it won't be possible for us to ever be well-resourced or have money. There's quite a undercurrent of fear if you can't operate efficiently within that system that again I think is designed to make us a better employee. So the whole idea of worker bee virtues is that you have an intersection of things that make you a better employee and morality and then we somehow think that we're better people if we're more organized or intelligent and we think that on a kind of value system level that that is higher priority than being something like kind or being something like I don't know something that's not really necessarily related to being an employee now this is a conversation for a different episode and we're not going to dive into this right now but know that everything that we're discussing in this series isn't about quitting your job, leaving the system, or whatever it may be. It's about recognizing the impact that being deeply embedded in certain systems and raised in a certain way has had on our outlook and relationship, not just with money, 
but with our own sense of self-worth and our own value system and really every aspect of our life and that we can make the choice to start stop excuse me participating in feeding into certain aspects of that at the very least in the way that we see ourselves in the way that we value ourselves so this is a fun exciting conversation we should celebrate the fact that we now have the ability to shift our relationship and narrative surrounding money and that we can choose for ourselves how we value ourselves in our lives and how we determine our self-worth because although we've been taught that it's based on our productivity and our essentially qualities that make us a good employee that is not the only narrative that we have to buy into hopefully we can continue to build more expansive supportive experiences not just for ourselves but for future generations We can already look around, in my opinion, and see that the whole world of money and work is being flipped on its head. Things are changing, and I don't think that it's true anymore that you have to do something you hate to get by. It just isn't. It's okay if that's the way it was in the past, if it ever was actually that way. I don't know, because I wasn't there. But that's the whole point of evolving and expanding is we get to improve on previous iterations. It doesn't make any sense in my opinion to stay in a location both individually and collectively that is making so many people miserable and so many people feel like life is not worth living. I think it starts at the individual level and giving yourself permission to choose a new adventure, carve a new path for yourself. And, you know, part of me wishes that it were different, but the reality that at least I'm experiencing is that money is absolutely an integral aspect of this experience. It's an integral aspect of surviving and it's an integral aspect of enjoying this experience. It's a resource that each one of us needs and deserves Not just to have the bare minimum in life, but to actually have enough to enjoy it. So from my stance, it's a very worthwhile conversation that we're having, healing our relationship and shifting our relationship and empowering ourselves to create a new narrative and experience. So thank you for being here. Thank you for going on this journey with me. It's fun. It's cool. It's awesome that you're here with me doing this together because I'm also going through this shift myself and I think that's it for today but as I said stay tuned we'll be diving into this topic again next week in the meantime if you have any questions or thoughts or input or feedback something that you'd like to see something that you'd like to hear from this series then give me a shout my dms are always open and i just want to say that i really really appreciate this space and i appreciate how open we can be with one another i do just want to say that i got a dm the other day that was sort of someone having some feedback for me about something i posted and it was such an open like gentle message that was just with the intention of having a conversation and that was really nice for me to receive that message because I am always open to feedback I am always open to collectively evolving this space together in a way that people feel heard and people feel seen so it's not like I take things like feedback personally well Maybe I do initially, but I do really appreciate it because 
I understand when it's coming from a place of, of, I guess, like caring and wanting to have a good conversation. So with that said, thank you again for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm super excited for next week and I will see you in that episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.